Welcome to Brave Knitting. Welcome. This is episode eight being released on January 15th, 2020. This is Linda. And this is Anne. So Anne, what are we being brave about today? Well, Linda, we're going to be brave about tackling tension. Ooh, yes. You must have some issues with tension if you're trying to tackle them. Yes, yes, actually I do. It's so funny, you know, when you start knitting, you think everything's good as long as you, you know, you're not dropping stitches. But as you go along, you start to realize that, you know, not every stitch is (laughs) created equal and some look better than others. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, I feel like I have, um, I believe it's my pearl is my problem, but you know, um, I do have a tension problem. How about you? You don't seem to have a tension problem. Um, in general, I don't. Um, although I had a tension problem recently that I'll talk about in a few minutes. Okay. Um, but in general, I don't, and I, I'm not sure I understand why. (laughs) Did you ever? (laughs) Not that I can remember. Okay. Um, I think, when I first started knitting, I know my knitting was really, really tight, okay. but um, not necessarily inconsistent. And and the way I think about tension is tension problems are when your tension's inconsistent. Right. Yes. Um, Check. Yeah. So <laughs> that's me. Yeah. So that's another reason I don't, I probably don't know that much about tackling tension. Right. Just because it's not something I've had to deal with as much. Right. So what do you think impacts a person's tension? I mean, you've been knitting for a lot longer than I have. I mean, what do you, what do you think right. are the variables? Um, well, I think there are like five, you know, ba- you know, ma- major influences. Um, and probably first and foremost are the method of knitting. Okay. You know, like what we normally think of as continental or um, English. Right. Um, but the other things that can affect it are the yarn that you're using, okay. the needles, your state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always just wonderful. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you're really stressed out or, yeah. you know, maybe if you've had a few cocktails, your, your knitting gets <laughs> kind of a different tension too. True. Um, and then also the, um, the environment, kind of like, you know, physically where you are, where you're, you know, if you're sitting, are you standing, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but... I think the the method is the um, is the big one, the main thing, and that's probably yeah. what we'll focus on mostly today. Do you continental or do you English? Um, I I wish I continental. I want to be one of the cool kids, <laughs> and I have tried and tried and tried, and I I just can't do it. And I hate that word, you know. Particularly yeah. oh, no, being you a, have to be brave, a brave, brave knitter. Brave. I should never say can't, but right. I I'm an English knitter. I have okay. always been a thrower. Um, for those of you that want to understand the difference, um, English is often referred to as right-handed knitting okay. because you are, in most cases, picking up the yarn with your right hand and mm-hmm. wrapping it around the needle. Um, we're continental. You're holding the yarn in your left hand, mm-hmm. kind of with your finger or a combination of your fingers, depending on how you do it, I guess. And then just using the, um, the right hand needle to kind of pick that yarn mm-hmm. that's on the left hand, hand or finger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think of continental as being so much faster and it just looks cooler when people are knitting. <laughs> It does and look cool. So I have continental knitting envy. Yeah. And and I have tried it on a number of occasions. 
and just can't seem to get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Um, although I was working on something recently where I was using two colors and you know every other stitch, right? And I did sort of come up with a method. Oh, good. Um, that kind of work, but it's it's still awkward for me. Right. Um, yeah. That, that's a very good point. That if you want to do color work. Yeah, you kind of have to learn it, right? right? And then that's one of my goals for 2020 is to Yay. get better at my color work. So I think right. I'm going to have to be um, focusing on that. Um, right. Well, you know, as far as continental, I mean, there are a lot of different variations. So maybe you just need to look at some of the variations. Yeah. Um, you know, I I have kind of looked into it as well. I also knit English. That's what I was taught when I was seven, briefly, <laughs> and then when I you know when I tried it again a couple of years ago, that's what they um, you know showed me again. But um, because I have a tension problem, I have started looking for different ways to purl. Um. And yeah, and um, I have, I I did find um, the Norwegian, the Norwegian variation of continental. It's, you know, I I think of continental as almost more like flicking, you know, you're using that left index finger and, and trying to flick that yarn over and that's where I have a problem with continental because my left hand is worthless. Right. <laughs> I'm a right-handed person and I just, I mean, some people are more ambidextrous, but I just, that trying to... But I see a lot of people with continental who really don't move that left hand. And you know what that is? Is that Norwegian? That's Norwegian. Oh, okay. And from what I can tell, you know, Norwegian is that left index finger is just stationary okay. and you're picking it off okay. of that finger both for the knit and the purl. I personally really like the Norwegian knit. It's really fast. I can handle it because my left hand does not have to move at all. Okay. And, you know, of course, I mean, for us to try to describe to you exactly how you do it is just not going to work because you can only hear us. But we will post some, right. you know, um, videos down below for think, all these. But I think that makes sense. People, I think people can understand that Yeah, um, you're just holding that yarn and right. kind of holding it kind of a little bit taut, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can figure out how you want to tension that yarn through your fingers or whatever. Um, That's kind of like just a personal preference. Anything, you know, whatever works for you works. The the Norwegian pearl also is the same thing, that stationary index finger, and you're just picking it off. It is a little bit more laborious. I mean, you are definitely... um, moving your wrists a lot more. I'm not so sure that I'm as sold on the Norwegian pearl as I am on the Norwegian knit. So, yeah, so I'm still on the hunt for pearl. I know I've I've heard a lot of people who knit continental do English pearl because they find that that pearling for a lot of people, continental style is difficult. And so they revert to just using the right hand, um, right hand to wrap the yarn. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I I can definitely see myself after looking into all this, trying, you know, maybe finding a couple of different variations, something that works for me with knit, something that works for me with pearl and hopefully finding something that comes together for for pearls. Um, the pearl, um, I still, I don't believe that I have found, um, the perfect pearl for me. I'm still on the hunt. Okay. So do you still think that you're, you're, Knits and pearls are... Yes, are my you, pearl is your, the problem. It's still your problem. It's okay. still my problem. The English pearl, for some reason, is just a very, very um, awkward stitch for me. I'm, I'm getting a little bit... I'm, I'm better at it. Um, you know, there for a while I was doing the Norwegian pearl, and I finally went back to the other because it just... 
I don't, you know, it feels more like home to me to do the English Pearl, okay. even though it's awkward, it's, it's still to me works better. And maybe I just need to work at it more, which brings me to the, another variation of continental, which is called the Portuguese. And that looks, uh, looks a lot different, but it really, really isn't. And I think that the, the most interesting thing about it is that they, um, wrap the working yarn over the back of their neck, almost like wearing a scarf without tying it in front. And that is kind of how you're tensioning it. And the idea behind that also, some people, I guess there's a pin too. Some, some people use a pin attached to the front of their clothing that um, holds the yarn. But the reason for that is that it's keeping all of the work to the front of the work because you are doing nothing on the back of the work. And so because of that, instead oh. of using your index, left index finger to flick, which is on the back of the work, you're using your left thumb to flick the yarn around the needle. But, because it's in but the that's front. for the pearl. For both. But how? everything is worked to the front, towards your body, the front of the work. So how would you do a knit if it's towards the front? Because isn't... It's the way that you put the needle in. And again, I mean, for me to try to explain it, okay. you know, because I think what I did recently, what I finally figured out when mm -hmm. I was mentioning just the other day, when I was working on this, um, project where I had to do every other stitch that I did do kind of a version of the Portuguese where okay. I did wrap that second color. And in my case, I just had a little butterfly. So I kind of threw it behind my <laughs> shoulder and leaned right. back and that provided the tension. Mm -hmm. But then I, you know, held it with my left hand and, can, you know, would knit with it. Right. Right. Um, yeah, but, but, the yarn, but, but it's not in the front when I'm knitting. I mean, it's still the yarn. I'm still picking up the yarn from behind the needle. Okay. Yeah. We will definitely put a, uh, a video down below. To, to show how it is done, but it's definitely all done to the front of the work. And the, the, their knit is a little bit more complicated because they're coming through it so that you can flick it with your thumb. Just uh, okay. watch the video. But that is why their pearl is their easiest stitch. And in Portuguese okay. knitting, when you knit the garter stitch, they pearl every row because their pearl oh, okay. is easier than their knit. I think I've heard that before. Right. So I wonder I wonder what, what it was that I was doing, because <laughs> I was definitely doing the thing behind the neck, um, but I was still holding the yarn, right? you know, the traditional way sort of for, for a knit, right. on a knit row. So it was like behind me on the right. other side of the needle from me, essentially. Right. So th what you're saying is that really wasn't Portuguese because if it was Portuguese, the, the yarn would be between me and the needle. Maybe you just came up with the Linda. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Which I, is I somehow you know, fine too. So is, you, you mentioned the little pin that people mm -hmm. wear for Portuguese. There's also like a little thing that I've seen that people put on their finger. It looks like right. a ring and then it has these two rings on it that, that yarn gets threaded through. Is that kind of the same thing? I don't or is that... It doesn't sound like it to me because I think that the whole idea with having it attached to you is that it keeps everything to the front of the work so that nothing is in the back. And I think that if it was on your finger, I don't know, okay. that, but that might just be another variation of so continental So we'll have to research. Yeah, right. Yeah, make a note to research what that thing is that you wear right. on your... 
and you know next week or oh, this week yay um, <laughs> when I'm at Vogue Knitting Live Ooh. and I'm taking a class on Fair Isle I wonder yeah. if I'll mention some of that probably oh um, that's that that'll be really really good okay cool. yeah okay so that was Portuguese and then there's one other one that's called the Combo and you know I always thought Combo that's got to just be like pick your favorite knit and pick, <laughs> pick your favorite pearl but it really what I found is not is not that I guess. Um, Eastern knitting, you know, we're Western, uh, Western knitting us, we, we wrap our yarn counterclockwise, Eastern knitting wraps clockwise. Okay. okay. So the idea of combo knitting is that you, I hope, okay. Am I getting this right? Yes. The knit stitch is wrapped the Eastern way, which is clockwise and the pearl is Western counterclockwise. Okay. And I mean, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, no way. <laughs> I mean, how confusing does that sound? Why would you do that? And then, then the, the person I was watching and I, we will post below the, the video, but she was talking about, and then when you turn it over, all the stitches are mounted, you know, the, the knits and the pearls are mounted differently. And, and I was, I wrote to myself in my notes, why, why would anyone do this? Cause oh, it sounds so confusing, right. but then she goes on to say why. And, um, it did kind of make sense. Um, she said that if you have, if you're having a, a problem reaching gauge, um, you can get more stitches to the inch doing it this way. And it also helps with tension problems. Right. But yeah, for I me think, right now, I think, yeah, it I sounds think I had heard that because last year when I was working on the master's level one, mm -hmm. you know, there's a section where we have to answer questions about dealing with tension problems. And I remember one of the solutions for, and, and most people, I guess, have looser pearls. I have a tighter pearl, but, Isn't that funny? Um, but one of the solutions I kept reading about is doing that counterclockwise oh, pearl. Okay. But then, yeah, on the next row, you have to switch it back. You have to, yeah. You have to untwist the stitch because yeah. you end up twisting the stitch. Yeah. Which to me sounded complicated. And I yeah. thought, well, I'm just glad that I don't have this problem because I don't have to worry about it then. Aren't you the lucky gal? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of variations out there and I feel like there's probably, I mean, there's a lot more than that. I mean, I'm sure that you know, knitting's been going on for a very, very long time, and you could come up with your own right. way of doing it. Right. You know, I really think so. Finding your right combination to work for you. Just keep looking for those. It's, yeah, it's just videos. really interesting to to kind of imagine how some of these different methods Came um, evolved. I, yeah. I know when we were researching some of this that it um, one of the interesting things about continental versus English is that. Uh, Continental lost a little bit of its um, popularity yep. during and after World War II yep. because it was associated with the Germans. Is that and, funny? And so people, you know, didn't want to be associated with the Germans, and so English um, became more popular. And um, then, did you read that Elizabeth Zimmerman is the one who is widely, yes, you know, um, touted she, as bringing it back? Right, yeah, to she the reintroduced US. it. Yeah, yeah, and I. And I guess I had never thought about this, but th this is one of these like, you know, duh moments is that, <laughs> that the English method is more prevalent in English speaking countries. Sure. Um, but you know, not yeah. necessarily, um, wide reaching, but, mm -hmm. um, 
I guess that's where the name came from. Right. And w- one thing that just came to my mind, too, uh, something about, you know, Continental, not only is it faster, but there's less movement, especially in, well, in the Norwegian net. And, and it, it said that people who have maybe an injury or, you know, have have reduced movement in their hands for whatever reason, Continental is kind of better okay. for that, you know. Oh, and I guess that's one of the things that we, we didn't really talk about is that, you know, why we would use a different method. Right. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. yeah. So, as, you know, we did kind of mention that you, when you're doing color work or fair aisle, mm-hmm. that when you have to have two yarns, it's, yeah. it's good to, to know um, both methods. Right. Um, but the other, uh, some of the other reasons are injuries. Right. Or speed. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, as our topic is, you know, kind of figuring out ways to tackle your tension. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, some other things that I came across, um, about tension, and I think that this could be part of my problem as well is, you know, where do you knit on your needles? I mean, people have been knitting a long time and I think I noticed this in you, you knit very near the end. You're probably very consistent about knitting near the end of your needles. Whereas I've been doing this for a couple of years, you know, I, really dropped a lot of stitches when I first started. And it's a, you know, it was really a fear of mine. So if you're afraid of dropping that stitch off the end, you are going to cheat yourself further back down. And for me, I'm more worried about that on the pearl than I am the knit. So therefore I'm not knitting them at the same place on my needle, which would be inconsistent tension. Right. You know, so I've got to work on that. And then how do you hold your needle? You know, the angle of it. I think that, you know. Oh, right. Because you, you know, could when, be kind of stretching the stitch. Exactly. Stretching yeah. the stitch and, and maybe, you know, I, I really feel like I pull those stitches off when I'm, when I'm doing the English pearl. And that's going to stretch the yarn and give you some drag there. So. Well, that, and I guess we'll talk about this in a minute. But um, I think a lot of that has to do with the type of needle. Okay. Um, because what I've noticed is when I first started knitting back in the, you know, seriously knitting back in the 80s, that the, the needles were mostly aluminum. Okay. Or, oh, slick. Or some of this yeah. sort of Teflon kind of material. I'm not sure what it was. And so thing, so that's when I was a very tight knitter. Okay. Because I was, I think I was paranoid, you know, because yeah. things did slip off. Right. But now that I've discovered, I really love bamboo. I do too. And, you know, bamboo, particularly some bamboo needles, you know, really are pretty sticky. They and are. so they hold your yarn pretty well. Right. And so I think um, for me in particular, that using bamboo has gone a long way in controlling my tension. Okay. Uh, because I think. Um, because I'm confident about the bamboo right. and my ne- my stitches aren't going to jump off the needle unless I do something stupid, which unfortunately I <laughs> do way too often. Um, like a spastic move with your yeah, hand yeah, and it yeah. rings like off. The phone rings yeah. or, you know, something. But yeah, that I, I do feel more confident about being closer to the edge of the needle with the bamboo than I would be with, right. um, the, I know um, these metal needles these these days are really really popular like the the addy turbos Mm -hmm. and people love them and uh, to me they're just torture they just don't work for me right i Um, I lose a lot of stitches on those yeah (laughs) and it's kind of scary yeah i feel like it's about time i need to really start taking note where i am on on the needle i need to just be consistent and you know if if a stitch comes off i know how to i think i know how to fix that 
Kind of, <laughs> kind of. So I, I just need to work on that for sure. Yeah. Um, one of the other things, you know, we, we kind of focus on the, the nits and the pearls, but another thing that can really impact tension is the cast on and bind offs. Oh, right. And, um, you know, that they need to be consistent with the rest of your knitting. And um, one of the things I came across was when your cast on is too tight, it'll kind of look like a frown. Oh, if that makes sense, right? Okay. Because it kind of, you know, pulls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you, if you bind off too tightly, mm-hmm. it'll look like a smile. Interesting. <laughs> and then kind of the opposite um, if it's too loose. So okay. if your cast on is too loose, <clears throat> you know, it'll smile. Right. And if it's too loose on the bind off, your bind off will frown. Okay. So just be aware of that, that if you, with the, if the, the majority of your, um, whatever piece you're knitting looks kind of normal, Mm -hmm. but you know, you see these edges kind of curling one way or the other, right? That it's probably not your necessarily your knitting tension, just your cast on or bind off. Okay. Okay. Or maybe both. (laughs) Right. Right. And edges, I think edges for a lot of people are a problem. My edges never look super duper. You know, and if you've been getting drag in between your stitches the whole way, you end up kind of with a loop at the end. You know, you have to kind of keep, you know, that, that, that drag from, um, being carried across the row. Yeah. And, and is that just from just not being conscious when we're at the beginning or end of a row? Um, do we, I guess some people just relax as they go on with a, or get more tense. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, maybe they're more loose in the middle. I, sometimes some people tense up at the ends because, you know, it's easier to lose a stitch, um, at the end, at the edge. I don't know, but I guess I just it probably that. depends. And you just have to kind of look at your own work exactly. and determine, um, yeah, <clears throat> where the problem is and what it looks like. Exactly. And then, you know, we just mentioned kind of that drag, you know, in, in the middle. And I have found some interesting things about, um, when you're moving from knit to purl in the middle of a row, right? Um, oh, right. Like, yeah. like in a ribbing. Or, right, yeah. exactly. Um, and I will post some of these videos below, but I believe it was Stacy Perry from Very Pink Knits. She was saying that if you're doing, like, you know, maybe a series of knits, like three knits and then three purls, that when you go from the, the knit to the purl, that you should pull the yarn, you know, back and tighten it, not, not tighten it, you know, purl wise to the front, but actually pull it back to the back after you purl it and, and, and tighten it from the back. And I found in another video why that is the case, that when you're moving from a knit to a purl, when you do the knit, really watch it, you do not go all the way around that needle. But then when you go from the knit to the purl, your yarn is going one, you know, doing a 360 around your needle. So you're using slightly more yarn when you're doing the purl coming off of a knit going oh, okay. into a purl. Right. And so that's why you truly need to kind of take that working yarn, pull it to the back of the work and give it a little tug to get rid of that drag. And it really, that really made sense to me. Um, okay. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of what, um, what I do when I'm working in the round and I'm using uh, my preferred method these days are using two two circulars when I'm doing something small and I can't okay. just do it on one big needle. And, um, you know, what I noticed is, I think I've talked about the, the sock, the, <laughs> the sock that I knit a, about a year and a half ago. Um, 
that, you know, it's on two circular needles and then there is a slight gutter where those two come together. Um, but what I notice now and everything I've done since then, as I've gotten more proficient at this two needle method that, and I guess a lot of people have these when they're using double pointants and they have it in four places. Oh, right. right. I've definitely had that. Um, that I don't have that at all anymore. And what I've noticed is that when I change to the other needle, I knit the first stitch as normal, but on the second stitch, I really kind of pull on that second stitch and that tightens up that first stitch on the new needle and that gap in between and so that there, there is no gap. So what you're saying is kind of doing the same thing when you're doing that transition from knit to purl or vice versa. That's very good. And you just mentioned, you know, the word guttering. I mean, I guess we didn't really say, you know, how can you tell by looking at you? Before I didn't really understand, you know, by looking at my knitting, how, how to look for poor tension. And if you have guttering on the purl side, And almost bubbling on the, you know, would be right. the opposite on the, on the, on the knit side. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I guess luckily, <clears throat> I think it's more noticeable on the pearl side, right? Right. And, and that, I guess that's good news yes. because <clears throat> most of us are looking at the, right. the knit side of a garment. Right. Um, but if you, yeah, it's easier to kind of identify where your tension problem might be. Right. On the pearl side. Okay. Gotcha. <clears throat> yes. So I am just definitely just still on the hunt. I just think that that's just the wonderful, wonderful thing about knitting. You know, you know, you just, you can find anything that you need on YouTube online and just figure out what works for you, you know? And, you know, I think in my case that one of the reasons I really don't run into tension problems too much is that just because I've been knitting a long time and I'm just sort of comfortable with what I'm doing. And so my, my, it's kind of muscle memory and sure. my muscle memory, I guess is, is pretty consistent. Right. Um, now did we talk about these other four things that we mentioned in the beginning or am I losing my mind here? Okay. Possibly <laughs> like, go the, ahead. Um, the other things that can affect tension, like, like yarn. Right. Oh, okay. I, I don't think we went in depth. I okay. think we've gone kind of in depth on, on the, uh, the needles. Methods. Yeah. And the, the needles. Oh, and we the needles. Kind of okay. That as well, oh. but the yarn. Yeah, for sure. Um, because well, the good example um, that I'm going to talk about in my misbehave is I'm using a, a yarn, um, or there was a yarn in my misbehave that was a combination of wool, cashmere, and silk. Okay. Um, so it's just very different than 100% wool. Okay. Um, you know, it's just kind of softer and kind of looser, and mm-hmm. um, so looser means yeah. Kind of tension problems. Oh, I see. yeah, exactly. Um, so it can just change. Your tension can change from project to project, right? For sure. And even if you're doing the same, you know, pattern on the same size needle on mm-hmm. the same type of needle, if you're using a different yarn, you may notice a difference. Um, right. We talked about the needles. Yeah. Um, your state of mind. <laughs> you know, if you're really stressed out about something, right. um, it can really. <laughs> right. Get really tight, right? Right. You're, just, you're all tensed up. Ah. <laughs> or people at home are bugging you and you're like, stop bugging me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can see that. Or if you've had a few cocktails in the evening. True, you loosen right up. Yeah. And it's yeah. like your, your, your knitting might uh, loosen up too. So maybe exactly. that's the, the trick is that if you're, um, are your, your pearls are too loose, right? Yes. So you maybe you just need to pearl when you're really angry at somebody. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's a good idea. I'll, I'll try that. All right. Another <laughs> thing that occurred to me that I think we don't think about as much, but 
is the environment. Now, I think mm -hmm. one of the reasons that my tension is pretty good is because most of my knitting I do in the evening, and I and I knit for several hours each night. Mm -hmm. um, you know, after kind of the day is done and the, you know, we've had dinner, I put away the dishes, I put on my pajamas, I have right. my nice cup of tea, yeah. and I'll sit down at you know maybe eight o'clock at night and just watch TV, and I sit on the the left side of my couch with my. You know, okay. sort of my left arm is kind of against the, yep. the arm of the couch. And my right arm, because um, I'm a right-handed English knitter, okay. my right arm is kind of rested on my right hip. Right. And and I just sit there and knit in that position. And, and because I'm not really moving my arms a lot, not mm -hmm. lot and I'm yep. very stationary. Mm -hmm. um, but like when we go to knitting group once a month. Right. You know, we're sitting at, a, at somebody's breakfast room table. Um, so my... My tension is probably a little bit different. I'll have to like pay attention to That's that next true. time and That's a see very, if it's very different. Um, you know, I know there are some people that knit while they're walking and standing up. Oh my gosh. I haven't mastered that yet. No. Um, you know, maybe that's a goal for the future. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Um, or, you know, I know a lot of commuters might be sitting on a train. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I traveled a lot last year and I did do a lot of knitting mm -hmm. on Plane. airplanes. Yeah. Now I didn't notice any tension problems mm -hmm. um, or inconsistencies, but, um, but that's just another, right. another thing to consider, I guess, if you are having a, a tension issue, right. um, consider the environment and yeah. kind of how, what your body's doing. I have, yeah, I mean, knitting on a plane. I mean, if you start having a little bit of turbulence, I mean, it's, it's a different situation because <laughs> you are worried that you're going to drop your stitch or yeah. whatever. You're... If we're having that kind of turbulence, I'm just putting the knitting down <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's a, probably a wise idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, have we covered it, do you think? I think so. Wow, we've talked almost a half an hour about oh tension. Gosh, Who oh my knew? gosh, yeah, exactly. And we thought this was going to be a really boring topic. <laughs> Nothing's boring about knitting. Okay. Heavens, no. No, not for the brave knitters. Okay, so I guess we're down to Raven Fave. Do you want to start? Um, I'll start. I actually have two faves. Oh my gosh. That are kind of both related to the same thing. They're okay. both related to the Dallas um, Knitting Guild. Yay. And... Um, most of you have heard about the the wildfires in Australia. Yes. And you may have seen some things on Facebook or other social media or on the news in the paper about knitters who have been knitting items to help the animals that have oh been my rescued. Gosh, I had not heard that. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll include a link of actually one of our um one of our listeners had sent me some information about um, some of these efforts and saying, oh, you might want to, you know, let your other listeners know that these organizations are looking for, you know, like, I don't know, kangaroo mittens and, oh, and, <laughs> and different things to help. And however, what I have since learned is that that effort really was focused on people living in Australia. Okay. Because if you or I were to knit some little item for these animals and then send it, it would cost us uh, exorbitant amounts of money to right. send it to Australia and it would be better for us to just send them money. Right. Um, true. So what I have discovered since then is that there are a number of, so what they really want now is money. They don't necessarily right. need these things unless you live in Australia, then yes, please. We do have some listeners yes. in that neck yes. of the woods. So please do, so look, please into do uh, look into that. But for the rest of the world, um, there are a number of people who have, um, patterns and if you purchase the pattern they oh. have said that all the proceeds will go to one of these animal oh, rescue wow. um 
funds. So in our knitting guild here in Dallas, we have um, designer Alexandra Davidoff, yes, um, who does some really remarkable work. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say check her out in some of her patterns. But she has something called a um, koala cup cozy. Oh, so as you can imagine, it's just an adorable little cup cozy. And um, she has said that all the um, proceeds from that will go to okay. these, these efforts. Okay, I'm going to look into that. <laughs> we'll so to that. that was my first fave. So okay. yay for her for doing that. Yes, that's amazing. Um, and then, as I've mentioned before, our guild has a trash to treasure table. Right. And I just think this is a great idea that, you know, we all have stuff that we're just not using that, you know, maybe really great stuff, but mm-hmm. we're just never going to use it. And so, you know, send it on to somebody else. And so... At our guild, you know, I usually, you know, I'll look at the table, but most of the yarn is just like single skeins or just yarn that I'm not usually interested in. Right. And a lot of books and magazines, and occasionally I'll pick up, you know, one or two of those and and use those for a while and then return them. But at last week's meeting that Anne did not attend. I I didn't go. um, There was a set of interchangeable bamboo needles. Are you kidding no. me? Oh my a set gosh. of um, t- um, Takumi oh bamboo needles. Now, granted, it was missing two needles, and it was it only had one um, uh, cable. But this um, the Takumi bamboo you can buy you know replacements individually. So I just went on I went on Amazon and for like. Oh. 30 bucks. Well, that's um, what I get for skipping. I got the whole thing. And, you know, and this set, um, it's cost, set costs $170. Oh my gosh. So, um, you know, and I love bamboo and yes. um, I, I already have two other interchangeable sets of needles that I like both, but it's yeah. really great to have this, um, new set. So, wow. I'm very I'm, excited about that. I'm going to start hitting that trash yeah. treasure table <laughs> yeah, you in gotta, earnest. I, a minute I saw those, like when I walked in and, um, I brought our friend Susan right. from from Knitting Guild, and she yeah. had never, or from our knitting group, and she had never been to this Knitting she Guild meeting it. before. She loved it. Um, but I was like, she was, I was showing her the table, and I saw those, and I just, like, <laughs> I just snatched Mine. those right up before anybody could see them. <laughs> That's too funny. Okay. So what about you? What are you For raving me? about? Well, today, I just, you know, since this was the topic today, I would say, of all of these stitches that I've looked into, my fave is the Norwegian Knit stitch. Norwegian knit stitch. Yes. Okay. Even with a left hand that is, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's worthless. It can do many things, but it, it, it just, I'm far from ambidextrous. It just does not have any fine motor ability. And just being able to leave my left index finger there, not really have to do anything with it and just pick the, the uh, stitch off of it. Awesome. I can go so much faster when I knit. So I would rave and fave about that. Okay, and cool. Yeah, I, I would say look into it. If somebody wants to learn how to continental and they just feel like they can't move their, you know, they can't flick with their left index finger or their thumb in the Portuguese way, just try, look for the Norwegian knit stitch. Okay. Okay. Do you have anything misbehaving? Well, this is a little thing, but for the for a long time, it doesn't bother me during the day, but I go to bed and my right thumb starts to ache. Mm. I would consider it knitter's thumb. Yep. You know, and there's nothing worse than trying to sleep and your thumb is aching. And I got this I, this from my parents. They um they swear by this this uh product that I'd never heard of called joint ritis. Okay. 
And I got it off of Amazon. I think you can get it anywhere. And my parents were saying, oh, my gosh, you know, it's changed, you know, their their lives. It's really helped them a lot on in different aches and pains. And lo and behold, I think it took maybe a couple of nights to really, really get the inflammation down. But I'm not having a problem with it anymore. Okay. So if anyone out there has knitter's thumb, joint ritis, R-I-T-I-S. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I had I had some issues like that a couple years ago that... Um, well, partly I think partly they went away because I was on a um, I was on a was on a cruise. I was on a sailboat trip, a, a nine right. person sailboat trip um, in the Greek islands a year and a half ago. And one of the other women on the trip was a homeopathic doctor, and she did oh. acupuncture. And I'd never done acupuncture before, and I was like. So Kathy, like, you know, what do you think? I have this problem with my left thumb. And she's like, well, let's try it. And so she gave me acupuncture and I have never had the problem again with really? that thumb. Is that weird? So I don't, you know, could just be a coincidence. I don't think so. I think acupuncture um, works. But That's... that seemed to cure me. Also, probably a similar product to what you're talking about is, um, I, it was like a, like a, a roll on kind of thing, right? right? That, um, I forget what it was called, um. I want to say it was called like ice or something, but okay. it, it wasn't really cold, mm -hmm. but it did seem to help. Yeah. Too. I tried a lot of different products, just, you know, like aspir cream and different, different, you know, like hot or, um, cold, you know, the, the kind of that menthol type of, um, scent stuff and nothing had really taken care of it, but this really, really did. And my parents had found the same thing that, you know, what other creams and lotions and potions didn't take care of this, this really did brought the inflammation down. Yeah. And I was really, um, this is kind of like a side note, but as I mentioned, I'm going to Vogue Knitting Live later this week. And mm -hmm. I was originally signed up for a class with Carson Demers, I think is oh, his yeah. name, uh, right? Who's a physical therapist who's right. written a oh, lot about. Right. And so Pat and I were both signed up for his lecture on Sunday, but then some spots opened up in a Patty Lyons class oh. that we really wanted. So we switched. So I'm kind of disappointed now that I'm not going to get right. to see him, but I think um, he's pretty popular and, and I, I know his book is pretty popular. Right. So I think I'll have chances in the future to kind of, I'd love to hear what he says about what we can do to preserve exactly. our hands and thumbs. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. All right. So that was your misbehave, right? That was kind of my misbehave and save. And your save. To be okay. Honest, yeah. All right. So my misbehave is my famous orange, orange um, sweater that I think I've talked about last time or whatever. It is the one that is going to be steaked. It has some color work, so it was sort of catching all of my um, 2020 right uh, goals. And I was knitting away at it, and I I got gauge. It's a sport weight. Um, it calls for a, a wool sport weight yarn. Um, I got gauge. The, the pattern suggests a size six. I know I usually, I knit a little loose. I tried to get gauge on a five. My gauge was perfect. Mm -hmm. I started knitting. It's a bottom up sweater mm -hmm. and I knit, 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 and I'm about an inch from where I need to join the arms. And the whole time I'm knitting it, I'm looking at it going, Seems too loose. It seems too loose. It seems too loose. Oh, keep knitting, Linda. Seems too loose. It seems too loose. I know I'm going to frog this. I know I'm going to frog this. Oh, oh no. just keep knitting. So I'm knitting, knitting, knitting. So I, I worked on it for a week, and I'm almost to the arm join. And I'm talking to my friend Pat on the phone last week, and I'm telling her about this. And as we were talking, 
I said, I, I don't know why I keep knitting this because I know I'm going to frog this because I just don't like it. And not only does it seem loose, for the first time ever, I, and I'll show it to you when we're done recording, I, I seem to have tension problems. That mm. I see inconsistencies. There are places where it looks like I have holes and I don't. And mm. I'm like, what the heck? And I, and Pat said to me, you know, sometimes she's just so smart and I, I don't know why I'm <laughs> she so She is dense. smart. Um, she said, but what is the fabric? And I'm like, oh, crap. It is 70% wool, mm-hmm. 20% cashmere, 10% silk. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. It's the cashmere and the silk are so much softer than the right. wool that that's why it, I'm getting gauge, but the f- end fabric is just too flimsy. Okay. So I thought, okay. I'm going to go down a needle size mm-hmm. with my new Takumi. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, look at you. Um, needles. <laughs> um, and I'm going to make a sleeve. Before I frog this, right. I'm going to make a sleeve See what um, it looks like. in a size, you know, start with, you know, start with the size three on the cuff and then go up to size four, mm-hmm. do the sleeve. So I'm, so I don't have gauge now, okay. right? Mm-hmm. But I'm a brave knitter and sure. I, I know the, um, Patty Lyons cookie math trick. Oh, right. So I know how to translate my gauge back to the sweater. So I'm like, okay, no big deal. Um, I'm getting a tighter fabric, and I do like the look of the fabric I'm getting now. But this morning, just this morning, it occurred to me, this sweater is going to be steeped, and it's going to have a zipper. And so even though I'm kind of happy with the fabric now, mm-hmm. I don't think that that silk cashmere wool blend is really right for a basically a sweater jacket that has a zipper. Do you think, think that the zipper is going to be too heavy and like yeah. pull it down? Yeah, I just think it's just not going to work. So right. I, I, actually, I, I guess I was thinking about this last night because I was laying in bed for a long time before I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I'm just going to have to let go of this yarn for this project. It's beautiful, beautiful yarn. I love the yarn. But figure out what what other project I need to go and look at my favorites right, right. <laughs> um, patterns and see what other color work I can do with it so right. um you know I think it had been a year ago or two years ago and the thought of like frogging a project this big I just never would have done it and now I'm kind of like yeah it was like a week's week yeah. and a half's worth of knitting right I can frog it it's it's I don't know, a couple hundred dollars worth of yarn. Right. You want it to end up and to be I want something it to, great. to be nice. So. Exactly. I agree. And the knitting is fun, people. Even if you've, <laughs> even if you're frogging, it's fun, <laughs> yeah. right? But Stop yeah, but I think way. it's progress for me that I'm not. Yeah. Um, it's progress that I'm not just going to, you know, finish it right. and then never wear it or throw it in the trash. It's right. kind of what would happen. Right. I'm just content to say, okay, this is not working. I learned something along the way. I I love the yarn and the, the look of the fabric, but I need to find a pattern that I think it's more appropriate for. Okay. Um, and okay. So this kind of brings me to my save. Okay. My save. It's not really saving that project. It's, um, kind of saving myself mm-hmm. from going crazy and spending too much money and over stashing at Vogue knitting live. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm sort of giving me I'm giving myself permission to fall in love with only two, like, sweater 
quantity purchases. Okay. Okay. That doesn't mean I have to buy two. That just means I can't buy more than two. Okay. And and now that I have to find new yarn for this Orogne sweater, there you go. I can I can look for that, and then if if I fall in love with something else, I have to stick to the rule. I can't buy it unless I have a pattern right in mind. Right. Okay. And then the other thing I'm really interested in um, looking for right now are just interesting accessories. Okay. Um, particularly, I have a lot of project bags, which I really love because I, you know, put all my mm-hmm. projects and their patterns and the needles all organized. Um, but I, and I have a, a little accessory bag that I just kind of take from one to the other to the other. Mm-hmm. And I realize I need some additional accessory bags. So I have more than one and I can, you know, just kind of put all the little things I need in those. So I, right. those are, that's what I'm going to look okay. at. So I'm going to try to save myself from, you know. Going into bankruptcy over <laughs> yarn, and my husband will be happy about Having that. Have to come home with a trunk that yeah. you purchased in New yeah. York. Yes, gotcha. So, so that's what I'm saving. Okay. So what are you craving? What I'm craving? Oh wait. Oh oh oh. Before we talk about our craves. Oh yes. I have a question about your crave from last episode. Okay. Where you said you craved an Advent calendar. Yes. And when we were recording, I thought, oh okay, yeah, she craves an Advent calendar. That's great. And then. One day I was listening to our podcast, which is a really weird experience to listen to your own podcast, which I I normally don't do, but for some reason it came on on my iPod or on my, on my phone and I was in my car. And so I was just listening to it and trying to be, you know, trying to be critical and kind of figure out what, what we could do differently. But at the end you talk about craving an advent calendar. And I kind of thought, I don't think I really know what a knitting advent Advent calendar calendar is. I know what the little, you know. The Lego advent calendar my kids used to always have, or right. you know, truth be told, they're 22 and 23, and they still like the advent Lego calendar. Um, <laughs> but so what is a knitting okay. advent calendar? Well, some companies actually do have, you know, the box like you get for the Lego. Oh, they you do. Know, okay. They do. Like Regia, I think, has one, and I don't know which other brands, but the, and you open it up just like you would the Lego version, and, okay. and you pull out um, a little mini skein is generally what oh, it is. Okay. And so you'll give us a link to some of those. Yes, okay. definitely. And then if you do an advent calendar just with somebody else, you know, maybe they don't dye their own yarn. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, they take yarn, maybe leftovers of what they have. I, maybe somebody can correct me on that, but they make minis, like a 20 gram mini okay. that you can use for mini projects. And they make the little bags, you know, one for each day of Advent. And some of the little bags will have maybe a little added extra, maybe a little, you know, stitch saver, some little added extra present. Maybe a lot of people like tea who knit and, you know, like a special okay. tea bag or whatever, but it's generally a, a, you know, yarn every single day, just a 20 gram mini of yarn. And even from the, the, you know, manufacturers, that seems to be the way it is. And then kind of at the end, maybe there's a bigger, a bigger present at the end. Um, and it's actually maybe a full skein or, you know, so like it can be whatever you want it to be, but just knitting related items. So if you were doing like a thing with a group of friends, Mm -hmm. like I, I keep thinking about the, the advent socks, right. Which use 12 different mini skeins. Right. So if you had 12 people mm-hmm. and let's say everybody bought a skein of yarn. Right. And then broke it up into 11 
or 12 mini skeins right. that then we each just share with each other. That's true. And you could do, yeah. And then have okay. like maybe a, you know, yeah, a sock pattern that you do together if right. you want to, or right. other people make those little, those blankets, you know, the cozy memory blankets okay. or whatever, you know, okay. with uh, different squares with, with those, but it's just kind of fun to see what you get. Okay. And I, I, I mean, some people who do it actually do dye yarn and they sell yarn. So they're doing, they dye up special lots for that. Like homespun house. She does that Adelaide cottage, I believe does that. And, um, but then I think other people just like us, you know, would take some, you know, some of the stuff that we have, you know, maybe left over from beautiful right. projects right. and we've got maybe 20 grams left. So, you know, make that a little skein and, and, you know, pop it into an envelope. Okay. And yeah. And I, I guess that's my problem is that, uh, I, I never really quite understood the whole mini skein thing. Maybe okay. because I'm a, basically a sweater knitter and I get, right. and I know I've been to some events and stuff and you know, your, your goodie bag will include yeah. like these mini skeins. And I always kind of like hand them to whoever I'm at the event with and say, right. here, yeah, you can have this. these cause I'm never using these. Right. But once I saw the advent socks, yeah. I thought, Oh, that's what I could do with my mini skeins. So, yeah, so now I'm all about, Oh, like I wish I could collect all those <laughs> mini skeins I gave away. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. Now, uh, now you've kind of segued for me because yeah. my Craven fave, I said that I want to knit socks this year and I did get a wool in the gang kit. It's a kit, but I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's so cute. I brought it with because I didn't have time to write it all down, but it's the wool and the gang kind of magic sock yarn. And it, makes a pattern and it's a Regia Schockenmeyer uh, wool and it was a collaboration between Regia and Wool and the Gang and the particular colorway I have is Feline Good Green which I think is there must be green in there but it looks mostly <laughs> it blue. Looks blue it looks yeah. blue to me but um, yeah it kind of makes almost like a leopard print with kind of blues and greens and some yellow but I've never knitted a sock in my life and I just know about wool and the gang they generally have really great YouTube videos and a lot of really great support which I feel I need for my first sock so I just okay. keep looking at this I you know I'm, I'm making way really good headway on that poncho and so that's really what I'm trying to stick with but I'm craving this off to the side just okay. Wanting to give it a shot. So great. There you go. Yeah, I think while I, since I, you know, I talked about my, my misbehave of the Saronier sweater that I've been working on and wanting to get done. And now I'm kind of like, oh, what am I going to knit now that I'm kind of like, you know, <laughs> indecisive about that? Yeah. I think I'm going to pick up my sock, okay. my other sock. And actually, yeah. I'm gonna, probably going to take that to New York and knit that on the plane and Perfect. Um, try to try to just whip that puppy out. Because that's, that's also easy kind of public knitting. I think so. Yeah. I have found that with that poncho, like right now I have the poncho and I have a scarf and both of them are, you know, things I need to think about. So like tomorrow we have knitting group. What do I take? So I've been taking my temperature blanket because I can sit there and talk right. while doing that. Okay. But it's a lot. I mean, yeah. It's a lot to bring with. So maybe, yeah, a pair of socks. Yeah. You can take once it. you do the, you know, you cast on and you get past the rib or whatever, there's a lot of socks. It's just, yeah. you're just going round and round and round and round and round. So right. it is kind of easy. It's a great idea. All right. Okay. And my crave is, okay, this kind of goes back to um, a few weeks ago when I was kind of thinking about how I was going to limit myself at Vogue Knitting Live. Mm -hmm. I've had a, a project in the back of my mind for a while. I have a friend who is a huge Prince fan. Oh. <laughs> and um, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so I think I can talk about it. But she's a huge Prince fan. She has a, um, a birthday in March, 
And I've always thought it'd be fun to knit her a raspberry beret, right? Oh, raspberry beret. <laughs> right. So I thought, and I've had, kind of had my eye out for, you know, some raspberry yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been stalking patterns. And I had finally found um, the perfect pattern, beret pattern. And I wanted to do a DK weight because, you know, uh-huh. I, I kind of like the little heavier weight yarn. And I wanted this to be a kind of a quick project I could knock out. And so I found the perfect pattern. And I kind of thought, okay, when I'm at Bug Knitting Live, I can look for a raspberry DK <laughs> wool. It'll all be great. And then a couple weeks ago, I went into our local yarn shop, Fleece. Mm-hmm. And I was looking, okay, this is pretty funny. I was looking for some white or off-white worsted weight yarn to be the main color of a hat project that I'm for the class I'm doing at Vogue Knitting Live. And and it needed to be non superwash. Okay, keyword non superwash. <laughs> right. And of course there is nothing in the entire store that is white or off white, worsted, non superwash. So I thought, okay, like the yeah. most basic thing you can't find. But as I was just wandering around the store trying to find what I was looking for on the shelf was this amazing, beautiful, oh. perfect color of raspberry. Oh, that is. And I was like, oh my God. So and I thought, well, and at first I would kind of resist it. And then I kind of thought, no, oh, no. this is so, so perfect. Right. So it is called Dreamin' Colors, the company Smooshy Cashmere. Ooh. Oh boy, that's going to be nice. And the color is called Liberation. Oh my God. And, oh, it is just the most beautiful raspberry color. However, it's a fingering weight yarn, of course. So now the pattern I was going to use is not going to work. So I have to, um, I've kind of. Could you hold it double? What would that do? No, I'm not doing that. I'm just finding a fingering weight pattern. And I've I've found a few possibilities, but I haven't narrowed it down yet. But I. This this yarn is so oh. beautiful, and the smooshy cashmere is you the just best. Want to hold yeah, on to it's it. the best yeah. way to describe it. Right. So I am really craving um, getting to work on Marjorie's raspberry beret. Oh, that's so cool! I can't wait to see it. Okay, wonderful. Oh, okay. this is like the longest episode we've ever done. Wow. Can you okay. believe it? We're at fifty-four minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so our listeners are probably like ready yeah. to say, "Oh, could you guys shut up? We got things to do." Exactly. Um, all right, so. Next next time. Next time, we're going to do things a little bit differently yes. um, just because of my travel schedule and because of when we have to get the next episode out. Right. Um, the next episode will be episode nine, and it'll be all about Vogue Knitting Live. Yay. Um, however, um, Anne is not, not going. going to be mm-hmm. able to join us. Um, so I, this is Linda, I will do... Episode nine with my friend Pat, yes. who um, Pat with the hat, uh, <laughs> who is um, going to Vogue Knitting Live with me. Right, and it'll be a great episode. And if you by chance are going to Vogue Knitting Live, oh yeah, yeah, Linda's going to be yeah. Like reach out, out to us cards. on um, one of our social yeah. media sites to let us know. Yep, and um, maybe we'll see you there. Absolutely, yeah. Look for Linda and Pat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is that it? I think that's it. So until next time, be brave. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information, check out Brave Knitting at Facebook or Ravelry Group. You can also find us on Instagram at B-E-E Brave Knitting 
and email us at bee braveknitting at gmail.com. 